The sponsor for the Shepherd's Crook podcast for the month of March is Buck Knives. Every hunter knows that it's not about the success, it's about the pursuit. The Pursuit series of fixed blade and folding knives by Buck has you covered. Proudly made in the USA, the Pursuit series is available in two sizes, large and small, with or without the gut hook. The non-slip handle will keep your knife comfortably in hand while you process your harvest. Gear up for the season at BuckKnives.com. While you're there, use the promo code BUCK20 at the checkout and save an extra 20%. This offer is only for a limited time, and it expires June 1st of 2020, and it's valid only at BuckKnives.com. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. This is episode 86, and today I want to talk to you about teaching people to pray. Well, let's just go ahead and pray, and then we'll talk about prayer. Lord, we thank you for your grace. We thank you that your mercy is upon us right now, that there's no condemnation for us. And as we approach this topic of prayer, I pray that you'd help me um, to give a few passages that would be helpful. Um, We know that there's a lot of people asking questions about prayer right now and wondering what to pray for and how to pray. And when you look at the Bible, there's so many different angles to prayer. And so just give us wisdom as we work through a couple of these things. And I trust, God, that you're going to do that. Help the pastors equip their people to pray. Help pastors know how to pray. And for all the listeners that are are tuning in, Lord, I ask that you would give them wisdom as well just to to talk to you and to pray. And we just trust, God, that you're going to lead. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, I remember it as clear as day. It was the worship leader, the church I grew up in, and he made this statement. It was really bold. He said, faith is not believing that God is able to do something. Faith is believing God will do something. And I went to a Baptist-y, charismatic-y, kind of Baptocostal church. So this got a big rise out of a lot of people at the church. I got a hearty amen from several people throughout the room. And it was this kind of, you know, raw moment of, yes, you know, we believe God not only is able, but he will do something. And that was appealed to as, as being something of faith. And there was a kernel of truth there, but, but there was also a misleading nature about it because it was half true, but it wasn't completely true. And so I want us to think through the concept of prayer and look at a few angles. When we start thinking theologically about prayer, and when we have systematic categories about prayer, we realize that there's a there's a lot of angles to this thing. And the initial battle when people are coming into the sovereignty of God is for people to consider prayer and, and think, okay, we don't, what, now how does sovereignty not equal fatalism? And how does prayer and faith work together? And if, if God is sovereign and going to do what God is going to do, then why are we praying and what are we praying about? Why are we not just praying prayers of submission? You know, God, let your will be done and then let, let's just be done with it. And then the flip side is, if, if God is not sovereign, if he's not in charge, then you have other theological problems and difficulties because you're praying for people to be saved, for instance, and you're asking God to intervene upon their will, and then you've got other theological knots that kind of get, get tied and pulled tight when you, when you take that angle. And so, no matter where you're coming from theologically, when you're thinking about the concept of prayer, it's, it can be quite difficult. And then you bump into passages like in Mark chapter 11, verse 24, where it says, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe you have received it, and it will be yours. 
and you hear Kenneth Copeland speaking in the background and saying, see, 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 and by God's grace, we want to look at all the Bible and say yes and amen to all of it. And so we look at Mark chapter 11, verse 24, and say yes, amen. But then there's more difficulty when you're going through your reading plan or reading through the book of James, for instance. We hear in James chapter 1, these words, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete and lacking nothing. So count it all joy, brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. And then... Then just four chapters later, if any among you is suffering, let him pray. If anyone is cheerful, let him sing praise. If anyone is sick, let him call on the elders in the church and pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick. It's interesting it doesn't say heal the one who is sick. Uh, Later on it says heal. And the Lord will raise him up, and if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore confess your sins one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed not saved. So the words there are different than what you would expect them to be. The prayer of a righteous person has great power in its working. So you have this call of, to consider it all joy, and then if you're sick, a pray for de- we are called to pray for deliverance. So there's difficulties in knowing how to pray and what to pray for in any given time. And I want to appeal to Matthew chapter 11 and Matthew chapter 26. And I want us to look at several different things from that first chapter. And then I want to, to look at the prayer of Jesus in the garden. And I want us to see both petition and submission in Jesus' prayer. We'll get to that here in a minute. But first, Matthew 9. And I have found Matthew chapter 9 to be particularly helpful in helping people how to pray for either things like sickness or uh, any sort of difficulty that somebody is facing, and then also how to pray for others. And so let me show you what I mean. In chapter 9, verse 1, And getting into the boat, he crossed over and came to his own city, and behold, some people brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Take heart, my son, your sins are forgiven. And behold, some of the scribes said to themselves, This man is blaspheming. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil thoughts in your hearts? For which is easier to say your sins are forgiven or to rise and walk? But that you may know the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, Rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And he rose, and he went home. Okay, a couple things to note. First, the faith of the paralytic is never mentioned. Now, I think it's safe to assume, based on the rest of the Bible, that there had to be some measure of faith within that paralytic. His sins were forgiven, and he was healed. But the only faith mentioned is somewhat of a, it's it's almost like intercessory faith. It was the faith of those who brought the paralytic to Jesus that Jesus responded to. We can almost say intercessory prayer or intercessory faith is in this passage, where he saw the faith of somebody else on behalf of a particular person, and Jesus acted. And I think this is something we need to be aware of when we're praying for others. There's going to be times that we have more faith about a particular situation that God, you know, faith that God has given us about a particular situation that we're praying for. And the person we're praying for and with doesn't have that same measure of faith. So we're praying on behalf of that person and we're asking God to intervene because God has given us a specific kind of faith, believing that he is going to do something in this particular situation. So number one, we see intercessory faith. So we see faith. Faith and prayer going together here, and then Jesus healing and forgiving on behalf of their faith. Later on in the chapter, we get something that clearly goes along the lines of 
with what the worship leader has said years ago that still is, you know, burned in my mind about believing Jesus will do something, okay? So it's about this woman who had been bleeding for years, and it's in the same chapter. Look at verse 21. Actually, go ahead and we'll just start in verse 20. And behold, a woman who had suffered from a discharge of blood for 12 years came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment. For she said to herself, If I only touch his garment, I will be made well. Jesus turned and seeing her said, Take heart, daughter, your faith has made you well. And instantly the woman was made well. So there was truth in what that worship leader said. Because here, this woman didn't think that Jesus was simply able. She knew, if I touch his garment, he will do this. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, she had no question whatsoever. She knew if she touched Jesus' garment, she will be made well. It was a certainty in her mind. She absolutely knew that she would receive it if she would grab that garment. And Jesus calls that faith. God had gifted her that faith. She expressed that faith. And she was healed. And Jesus calls it faith. Okay, So when we're praying and thinking through what's going on in, in, in a situation, if God is giving us unique faith in that situation, we should express that faith and believe it with everything in us that, that God will do this, that he is going to do this, not only that he's able, but then this whole able word I think is so crucial. We go down later in the chapter, and here's what it says starting in verse 27. And Jesus passed on from there, two blind men following him, crying aloud, Have mercy on us, son of David. When he entered the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I'm able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it done to you. And their eyes were opened, and Jesus sternly warned them, See that no one knows about it. But they went away and spread his fame throughout all the district. Now, here it is. It's plain. It's clear. It's just right there for us. Jesus said, Do you believe I'm able to do this? And all they said was, Yes, we believe you're able. And Jesus did it, and then he called it faith. I think this is an example of, of so many cases that we come to. When we pray and we're teaching our people to pray, we want to always teach our people that God is able. There is nothing that he is unable to do. His arm is not too short that he can't save, and his arm is not too short that he can't heal. His arm is not too short that he can't forgive and deliver and restore. He can do whatever he wants because he's all-powerful. That's what we, we teach our people. So in this example, it's, it's clear, do you believe God is able? Well, if you believe he's able and you don't have the current faith to know exactly what he will or will not do, well then, we pray and trust that he's able to do this and we make our petitions. And now, Matthew 26. You know, so often in, in the Reformed understanding of prayer, it can be easy to, to flatten that out and not have a fully biblical understanding of prayer, and all our prayers just end up turning into this, just kind of this resignation of submission, or what we call submission, of just, God, we just trust your will, let, let your will be done, and we lay out, let your will be done, and we use Jesus' prayer as the example in the garden, and we see it here in Matthew 26, let me just read it for you, and going a little further, he's praying in the garden of Gethsemane, and he prays, and going a little further, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And we use that as a template for prayer for everything. And clearly, we want to be submissive to our Heavenly Father. But notice, even in this prayer, what Jesus is doing. Jesus is laying out a petition to his Father before he submits to his Father. 
And I think this is so key when we're teaching our people to pray. We do not immediately want to go to submission to God in everything. And that may sound wrong. It may sound, well, why? Why don't we just pray prayers of submission to God on everything? Because there's other passages on prayer. And this particular passage, Jesus lays out the petition. We could say it like this. If there's no petition before submission, we are praying prayers of resignation, not prayers of submission. We have to lay our petitions before the Lord. That's what God calls us to do. We are to make our request made known to God before we submit our plans or or submit our petitions to God. That's what we're called to do. And when we're teaching people to pray, we need to have all these biblical verses in mind because there's multi-intentioned teaching on prayer in the Bible, and it fits in any situation that we're in. And I think the key that holds all this together is the idea that, that faith is a gift from God. Faith is not only a gift from God when we become a Christian. It's not simply there in the beginning, but faith this kind of supernatural faith when it comes to prayer. The faith faith is always with us as a Christian. We should always have faith there, and there's always going to be times where, where expressing faith is a matter of the will, where we're expressing intentionally uh, belief and trust in the promises of God. But there are unique times in the Christian life when we're going through seasons of difficulty where God gifts us with a unique gift of faith. And because faith is a gift, by the way, and all the spiritual gifts listed in 1 Corinthians and in Romans, in 1 Corinthians 12 and in Romans 12, faith is, is a gift of the Holy Spirit. It's, it's, it's beyond the gift to believe and the gift of faith to be saved. So faith comes... When seasons like the coronavirus come and there's people in our church that don't have money or their businesses are being crushed or whatever it may may be, God gifts people specific faith in those seasons to know, I know God's going to come th- come through for me. God will take care of me. He will take care of me and there's no doubt in my mind. And I think that gift of faith beyond just the faith to believe and to be converted from God is so key in all of this. There's going to be times when we don't have faith to know exactly what God is going to, going to do in this particular season. So we pray prayers of petition, we lay out a request, and then we pray prayers of submission to submit to Him. And then we trust, God, I know that you're able, we just trust you with this. And then there's going to be seasons where we have to pray, God, I know you're going to do this, and I'm trusting you. I can take it to the bank, not just money for a car, but money for provision next month. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're going to pray, and I'm going to believe, even before I receive it, that you're going to give it. And you know what? He does. So hopefully this gives you a little bit of, I don't know, just food for thought to think through prayer and teaching your people to pray. Let's be fully biblical on prayer. Don't just go straight to submission, okay? We have to, we have, to have petition if we're going to have submission because that's just what Jesus shows us. Going a little further, he fell on his face and prayed, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. That's petition. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will, that is submission. I hope this is helpful and I hope you have a great week. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit theshepherdscrook.co. For care and counsel, please call, text, or email to set up a session. You can follow The Shepherd's Crook on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please consider sharing this episode and leaving a review on iTunes or whatever other podcast platform you use. And let me encourage you to remember Jesus Christ.